Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. It is the end of 2017, Amy. It's it's hard to imagine that this year has gone by so quickly. Here, here we are. Um, it is hard to imagine. The holidays are here again. Um, we're actually recording this a little early so that we could do our year in review episode and then enjoy Christmas with our families. Um, but it's pretty amazing uh, to think that that we're here. Yes, it is, and that we get to do it all over again. Not we have to do it, but we get to do it all over again in oh, 2018. Oh, very good caveat. Because very good, important. I mean, as, as unbelievable as it may seem to some people, we really enjoy doing this, and we get to do it for another year in 2018. So um, yes. that's exciting, and we're, we're glad to have partners like the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary alongside us, uh, helping out and sponsoring the way here. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. I want to thank them again for uh, the great 2017 they gave us and for sponsoring us heading in to 2018. All right, Amy, a little different setup than normal. Uh, because today we're looking back at 2017. So every year at the beginning of the year, we do 10 questions for 2017. So we're going to run through those 10 questions and answer them and see how accurate we are on, you know, kind of asking about what may happen. And there's obviously some things that will happen uh, over the course of a year that we don't really expect. Uh, but then again, uh, we're going to cover some of those in our top 10 stories a year, which will be the, kind of the second half of the podcast. And then we'll be back next week with our 10 questions for 2018. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. 10 questions for 2017. And we're going to start with the pastor's conference. Number one, the first question we had was, what will be the response to the revamped pastor's conference in Phoenix? I think it was pretty good. It was quite um, favorable. I, yeah. And I, and this was a fair question to ask because it was very different. What we were, uh, what we were looking at for that June. Of course, this was six months out. Um, when we asked and it was really great to see the response. That room was uh, packed out whenever I was up there. Great crowd. And I heard just incredible things. Yeah. And one of the, uh, the great parts about that was the scholarships they were able to offer to small church pastors who wouldn't otherwise be able to come. So uh, not only were they able to put on a great conference with great preaching and a great theme, they were able to help get people to the convention to experience it who would otherwise not have been able to come. So Dave Miller yes. and company, great job. Number two, will we start to see a leadership transition in Southern states? That's really talking about state executives. Amy, not so much other than Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So not really. We have seen leadership transitions yeah. in other states. Colorado, uh, California, Indiana, all right. as well. Uh, other, you know, as well as Oklahoma, all had new state executives this past year. Yes, but not in any southern states. And so we uh, uh, we finish out the year 2017. We just did a big state convention wrap up, and uh, so those all seem to to go very well. But that was the answer. No, yep. not really. All right, number three. How will a Trump presidency affect religious liberty? Um, this was. 
I think a really fair question, particularly since that was what we talked about a lot. Of course, when we uh, did this episode at the beginning of the year, that was before the inauguration. So we were just kind of looking at what a Trump presidency was going to look like. Period. Period. Yeah. Um, some things, I think, I mean, the it. it well, the, the big one's the Supreme Court justice. Right. Neil Gorsuch. So I think I think the presidency is going to affect religious liberty, maybe not in 2017. But especially right. moving forward, we have the big uh, the bakery case that's coming to the SCOTUS right. in 2018. So, uh, now, you know, I, now I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Now, I think it's important when we're thinking about Gorsuch to remember that the spot that he was going into uh, was a spot that would have had very similar views. So this one wasn't a court changing appointment. This was a sort of keep things yeah, in a particular direction. Yes. Now, but I mean that does answer the question. It, it we think it will have a long term, you know, effect probably on religious liberty issues, but it wasn't the it it wouldn't wouldn't be the effect that if if we have a major shift, someone who is, um, is someone who's maybe very different, and then it's a big change. That's that's what we're going to really see. But some of the things that we maybe speculated on haven't happened at this point. Some things have. Uh, so you know we're a year into into the presidency, and but religious liberty issues continue. We talked about those all year this year, and we'll probably be doing the same in 2018. Number four, how will the new CSB translation from Lifeway be received? I think it was received well. Yes. I love mine. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about that. We have a resource of the year. Hint, hint. It may be related to this, uh, but it was it was received overwhelmingly well. I, I, yes. from Even just me from a Lifeway perspective, we could not have been more pleased with uh, the reception that the CSB has garnered. Uh, some of the specialty Bibles especially have been just amazing. We'll talk about that a little bit in our top 10 stories of the year. Number five, will the new Lifeway building be occupied in 2017? Yes, it is. It is, and it's spectacular. So. Yes. All right, number six, how will the changing online education landscape affect SBC seminaries and Baptist colleges? And I would say the answer to that is uh, it's all still in flux. And when I was at ETS a few weeks ago, um, everyone uh, was talking about it. Yeah, I, I think this I, is one of those that we thought yeah. maybe we'd see more in 2017 of, but right. things just, they don't happen fast in the higher education world. Right. So it, it's, it's not going away, but I wouldn't say there was any major thing. I mean, we didn't have a major story or anything like that, but uh, that question's not going away. All right. Number seven, will limitless missionaries start to become a reality in 2017? I think the jury's still out on that one. We, we don't really know. Um, we don't know numbers. So we don't know if, right. if we've seen a big uptick in the limitless strategy uh, that's been implemented right. by IMB. We have seen us sending out more missionaries. Uh, the missionary yes. number total is up this year as opposed to the yes. previous year. So, you know, that right. in itself is a good thing. So we'll yes, find out, I guess, later in the year or maybe, you know, maybe it, maybe it's a year or two down the road where we really find out if limitless missionaries started to become a reality in 2017. We've certainly seen, you know, you and I were both at the dinner um, at the SBC, the IMB dinner, and that was a big focus of that. And they had people all around the room holding up, you know, numbers yeah. of people they knew that might be potential limitless missionaries. And I can't remember what the oh, whole... It was a lot. I don't remember it what it was. It was a huge amount. And so thousands and thousands of, you know, people 
potential limitless missionaries. So, you know, the dream is definitely um, there. And uh, all the, you know, all these people, Southern Baptists from across the country, were in the room sort of dreaming together about this. Um, but that question, as you said, it, it may be kind of a difficult one to answer because uh, I would just imagine keeping track would be different. Yeah, the reporting is going to take some time. Too. Missionary force, yes. So, not sure. All right. Number eight. Will we continue to see increasingly diverse representation on trustee boards? So this is something that I didn't see any stats on. So last year and the year before, that was something that in the nominating committee reports and in some of the appointments that Ronnie Floyd had made, those a lot of those percentages were given, and that was a um, kind of part of it. I don't remember seeing a lot of percentages. I do know that um, our trustee board at Southeastern, um, we're beginning to see uh, some real diversity on it. We have the the last couple of years, um, but I don't know for sure how this year's uh, slate of nominees would compare to, you know, previous years. Uh, certainly I have heard a lot of people continuing to say that that's, uh, that that's important just to bring a variety of perspectives. Yeah, I think it is becoming more of a, an intentional focus. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see, I think, and just see how the progress is. I, can't, I think it's also something that's hard to measure year over year uh, because people drop right. off, people come on. So even if you had a, a very diverse slate that came on, if you had a very diverse slate that rolled off, it, it may have been right. a wash. It's or, really hard. Yeah. So, all right. Number nine, how might Guidestone and their constituents be impacted by changes in healthcare and the possible elimination of the ACA? Well, one part of that is uh, really hadn't happened yet. So uh, right. <laughs> the, the ACA is still there, even though the individual mandate did go away with the tax reform bill. Uh, but that happened right. this past week. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, a week left in the year. So nothing right. major on that one, but um, changes in healthcare and how it's affecting Guidestone. You know, I actually don't know all the numbers on this and the details, obviously, um, but it seems clear that the change that any changes are they're kind of affecting everyone. Yeah, and it, it's uh, still a struggle. So, that that's the thing. It right. has not gotten easier. Uh, right. Because healthcare has not gotten easier in the U.S. in 2017. Not at all. And our final question was: How will the rural and urban divide in America influence SBC churches? and revitalization effort. Yeah, that's a, it's interesting because I looked back and thought, why did we ask that question? And then I remembered we were just coming out of the election season where we were seeing, everyone was talking um, culturally, uh, everyone was talking about sort of the cultural differences in rural America and urban America and, you know, in red and blue categories and just in other, other things. So this was a big discussion at the time and some books had come out last year about it. Um, here's what I will say. I didn't hear a lot about this um, necessarily, but obviously we had focus some focus on small churches over the year. Um, and then I have heard some things about rural focus in just the last few weeks, just some different ministries that are trying to begin moving toward even church planting in rural areas, certainly church revitalization. So I don't know that, that we've had a huge discussion about it, but I think it's beginning. Yes, and uh, I think also the, the replanting efforts of NAM and Mark Clifton, that kind of goes along with the other podcast that I started this year, Revitalize and Replant, with Dr. Rayner and Mark Clifton, uh, that NAM is sponsoring. So that, that is something that I think we're, we're seeing a start to. And 
I think we'll see the fruit of in years to come. So uh, I'm glad you reminded us about the context of that question, uh, because I think looking back on it a year later, it's kind of hard to remember that rural and urban divide that we saw, even though we kind of still see it, but it's not maybe as pronounced as it was uh, because of the election. Yes. Well, that's going to do it for our questions for 2017. Those are our answers to that. And now our top 10 stories of the year. Uh, Amy, one and two uh, that we've listed here, I'm going to go with like 1A and 1B because 1A is more of an internal top story uh, because of just a lot of discussions around it. And number two is, is one that was a lot more well-known in Ex- the, the external, right, external area of the SPC. First up, IMB President David Platt accepts the teaching pastor role at McLean Bible Church. Yeah, this was definitely a, a huge story. And um, we when when we dropped that on the website for SBC yes. this week, um, I don't remember how many you told me, but it got a ton of page yeah, views. It, it did about forty five percent of the page views for the year in one day. Right. Uh, it was that, it was massive. Yeah. So the that interest was, the way was we, huge. We were seeing on the back end, even if everyone isn't talking about this on social media they certainly are reading about it yes and um so a lot of a lot of discussion i mean that's not something we've seen in a long time um an imb president having a a pastor role at the same time um so i think it it got a lot of attention yeah and it's also something i think will continue to be talked about in 2018. remember the trustees had said they would have a a waiting period kind of a a trial period right they're going to address that again at the february trustee meeting so uh, that that's something i think that will continue in uh to 2018 and then the other big story obviously the gunman opening fire at first baptist church sutherland springs texas and uh, killing 26 members back in early november just a tragic tragic story uh, Southern Baptist Church in the news for all the wrong reasons on that one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And as you said, that was, you know, the the first story is more insider baseball, something that we're all talking about. But First Baptist Sutherland Springs, that's something that everyone, uh, the world was really looking at um, on that terrible day. And it's been a, a, a pretty just amazing thing to watch as uh, as that church has had to walk through this just to see the display of faithfulness, but uh, the also the really deep display of grief as well. And so I know that uh, Southern Baptists everywhere were uh, praying for First Baptist Sutherland Springs, and I know the world was just hurting with them. The denomination stepped up for that, and uh, NAM helped out with the funeral cost. Uh, we had some donors come in and help out with that. I know that Steve Gaines, uh, president of the SPC, and Frank Page, is CEO of the executive committee, uh, both went down to Sutherland Springs and had met with the pastor down there. So that was something that the the kind of the entire denomination rallied behind uh, with good reason and uh, helped out in their time of grief. And uh, it's going to be a long road ahead for everybody involved down there at First Baptist, um, and they continue to be in our prayers. Third top story of the year, the resolutions that are passed across the Southern Baptist Convention related to the alt-right and racism in America. This uh, kind of all started uh, at the SBC annual meeting in Phoenix this year and continued on into the state conventions in the fall. Yeah, and that certainly was the story of 
the SBC annual meeting this year was that resolution. And um, that was both an internal and an external story. Um, the world was really watching that. The media was everywhere. And then um, as we saw a lot of uh, a lot of chatter on social media, much of it uh, kind of eye opening and disturbing. Um, but that was it was a really intense couple of days. But then what came out was a very strong resolution. And then in turn, uh, we had continued discussion uh, in the fall. There was the open letter to President Trump. There were the uh, resolutions that were across the SBC at state conventions that kind of were following this. Um, lots of meetings, the, the, the uh, discussion um, with Steve Gaines and Dwight McKissick. They did a panel together. And then even in Memphis, uh, Steve Gaines, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, signed uh, the letter speaking about the monument that was just moved this week. I think you sent me that story um, that a lot of religious leaders felt like it needed to, to be in a different place. Uh, something else needed to be done with it. And Steve Gaines had signed that. So a lot of resolutions at all levels, you know, statements, open letters, uh, other things, and then bigger resolutions from bodies uh, like our state conventions followed what happened this summer. And um, so I think that that's a huge story that stretched over several months. Number four is a recent story. Conservative resurgence architects Judge Paul Pressler and Paige Patterson, as well as a few others, are named in a lawsuit related to the alleged molestation of a 14-year-old boy. Yes, this is a, a story that's come at the end of the year, obviously, uh, something that because of the nature of it, because it's uh, such a serious allegation, um, certainly needs to be handled with care. There will be some appearances in court and motions, things that will happen after the first of the year uh, that will really tell us more. Um, but certainly as that came out and was in Baptist Press and a few other places, that was a pretty significant story. It was indeed. All right, number five, escrowing of cooperative program funds led to an appointment of a special task force of the executive committee to examine the causes and effects of the escrowing. Yeah, of course, this is what everyone was talking about very early in the year. Things had been discussed about some churches that were planning to escrow their funds. They were considering it. Then they did. Um, so it, it elevated to the level that the executive committee felt like they needed to just check into it um, because they are the stewards of the cooperative program. And much of that sort of got dealt with before their reports came out. Churches made the decision uh, to not escrow anymore. And uh, pastors and um, pastors and leaders ended up kind of getting together, talking through some of the concerns um, that they had. But and certainly, you know, if you look in the history of the Southern Baptist Convention, especially in the last a uh, little less than 100 years that the cooperative program has been in, in place. This is not the first time that that has been uh, employed as a strategy, that someone has said, we just think this is the best use of our resources is to put them over to the side until we figure out what's going on. Uh, but it does seem like that got some closure this year. Um, but our executive committee was being very vigilant. Yes, they were. And uh, like you said, a, a lot of it wrapped up before Anything really came of that. We did have a blog post on the, the site. We'll link to that, uh, the report of the executive committee's subgroup there uh, that looked into that. And uh, they, they listed a few recommendations as well. So uh, it'd be good to kind of review that one at the end of the year. 
All right, that moves us to number six, which is some good news. A record Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American missions was collected this past spring. Uh, a huge, huge boost uh, to what's going on over there at NAM. That was great news. Very exciting for them. Very exciting for uh, churches all over uh, North America. And we're hoping to see the same type of numbers this year for Lottie Moon and for Annie Armstrong. Yes, and I, I still go back to the fact that everybody in the SBC who's really kind of clued in knows the two things that NAM is really focused on right now. And it's Send Relief, which we'll talk about here in just a second at number eight, and Send Church Planning, the Send Cities Initiative. We know what NAM does, and people are backing it, and they're backing it with their money at Annie Armstrong time. People can see the progress that's going on at NAM. It's, it's a great thing to see. It's a very simple, clear strategy that uh, Kevin Ezell and the leadership over at North American Mission Board has put out there. The Send Conferences have been great catalytic moments and events for that. And I can't say enough about what a great job uh, Kevin Ezell has done over at North American Mission Board with getting that strategy focused and aligned to where Southern Baptists want to go and are going, and the money is backing it up. So uh, we've seen that, and uh, everybody you know, from the, the church planning side and the sin relief side, congratulations over there. All right, number seven, finances at every level of the Southern Baptist Convention continue to be an ongoing topic of discussion in SBC life. Yeah, and this is all the way around uh, back to what the question we had asked about Guidestone. I mean, Guidestone is having to deal with just the change in insurance costs. Uh, not all of it is related to, as we said, uh, the elimination of the ACA because that didn't happen, but just rising costs of health care certainly affecting Guidestone. Uh, we've seen toward the end of the year some discussion about uh, some challenges at Southwestern. Um, and just all the way around, this is uh, certainly it's an issue for the economy uh, as a whole. Yeah, the Louisiana Baptist Convention also issued uh, some changes to their kind of matching retirement plans and some of the, the Guidestone stuff as well through them. Uh, you mentioned the story at Southwestern where they had to lay off 10% of the workforce, uh, 30 positions over there at Southwestern because of some financial shortfalls they're having related to this and other issues. That doesn't even touch on the discussion that we kind of continually have month to month, and that's cooperative program, uh, that right now we're sitting 4 or 5% below budgeted receipts. And we're, we're kind of looking at it going, is that going to go back up in the new year? And we don't really know the answer to that because that's kind of you know, looking into the future. We've had these changes of percentages, the big swings that we've seen the past few years over these southern states. We didn't really see that this past year. So we're, you know, we're looking at that $192 million budget. And I don't know, you know how the confidence level is that we're going to get there. Uh, we, we had a yeah. good little boost last year. Had a great cooperative program, you know, $197 million, I believe, about $8 million over budget. But that also included a $3 million gift from the Florida Baptists that won't be coming this year because of the sale of their building last year. So uh, funding is is a tough one. And we saw a big drop in, in Lottie gifts last year. I think that would had more to do with the big bump the year before than really the drop this past year. It kind of reverted back to the norm. Uh, but I'm hearing good things about this year's offering as well. So I'm, I'm expecting it to be up over last year's. So we'll kind of see what happens. But but finances are, are tight all the way around, not just the church level, associations, the states, and national entities. They're all uh, kind of looking at those budget sheets and, and wondering, you know, what do we need to do this year to kind of keep things going in the right direction? So 
Uh, that's something that yep. is, uh, continues to be a struggle. Number eight, Sin Relief works overtime in response to Hurricanes Harvey and Irma and gets recognized by the White House. Yeah, that was a big a big deal. Kind of odd seeing uh, Kevin Ezel on TV. Just weird. You're like, hey, I, I know that guy. That was pretty cool. But obviously the hurricanes were a huge story just anywhere this year. Um, incredible devastation and uh, so difficult to watch. Um, but that was the moment that, you know, Send Relief just sort of kicked into gear as they as they always do. And uh, that was a huge story. And then when you add uh, how, you know, we, we were watching Houston and they are still doing a lot to recover. But Puerto Rico, of course, uh, is months away from any kind of normalcy and send relief is helping there as well. Uh, so big story and one that really has not ended. All right. Number nine, Lifeway releases the Christian standard Bible. We kind of mentioned that earlier in the show, but the specialty versions, that's the big story. They become some of the best selling and most desired Bibles of the past decade. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was big. Of course, we already talked about this when we were answering the questions above and we have something coming in our resource of the year, but definitely a big story and not just in the Southern Baptist world, but just in the, the, uh, church world as a whole. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier that we were talking about the, the reception to it, just been phenomenal. Uh, the Spurgeon study Bible, the readers' Bibles, all the the just the regular study Bible, just the text itself, the regular Bibles. Uh, right. I, I'm really, really enjoying the new translation. So it's been a great, uh, great year for Lifeway on the Bible front. And then finally, the quote small church pastor end quote Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference is a roaring success under Dave Miller's leadership as president, and H.B. Charles becomes its first African American president for uh, this coming. Pastors Conference. Yes. So I think that was a great choice that that definitely was a story in the top 10. And uh, so we covered this a lot in our question earlier in the show, but as a pastor's conference, I think we won't forget. Uh, that, that's a great point. And uh, we'll, I, I think we'll also be looking forward to the future pastor's conference and, and maybe holding this one as the marker to kind of, are you going to do it like that? Yes. Or are you going to do it like, uh, like the old ones that are just pastors up there preaching, you know, just from disconnected texts or is it going to be something with this cohesive plan? So I think I think that's the thing that really, really set this one apart is uh, the, the cohesion of the entire conference. So uh, great job again to Dave Miller and looking forward to H.B. Charles in 2018. That's our top 10 stories of the year. If you agree, disagree, let us know on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, let us know your thoughts on our top 10 list. And Amy, uh, usually we have my favorite part of the show at this point, and we're, we kind of have a twist on that. So uh, this year, in SBC history. I got a question for you, Amy. In 20 years, when Southern Baptists look back on 2017, what about this year will they remember? Oh my goodness. That is a tough question. Um, I, I have my answer. I'll let you go first though. If we're thinking about what will really stick out in their mind, what will they remember? I think I have to put the connection that Southern Baptists had uh, with politics this in this year or sort of the greater discussion that, that people had. I think, I, what? You took my answer. I think that's, uh, sorry, you didn't tell me what well, yours I know, was. But you saw my reaction whenever so you said means, that over so Skype that means here. It's, it's, yeah, so that means it's the right answer then, it, I guess. It is if the right both answer. Have the same one. That, I think that's you're right. A, it, yeah, so if you say, to, okay, looking back on this year, you know, sort of which one do you think is the most important? Well, maybe I would pick 
you know, another one. I don't know. But I don't think 20 years from now people are going to say, they're not going to remember that was the year that the CSB came out. No, Like, no. that's not going to stick out to them. There are, there are some it, things that may have happened this year that we may not realize the significance of until three right. or four years down the road or three or four months down the road. Uh, right. you, you never know. So it, it's yeah. possible well, that they, we can look back and say, oh, 2017, that's the marker for X. That's but, when this happened. Yeah. But people won't necessarily remember the highest Annie Armstrong offering was this particular year. Whatever. No, because Some we're going to break that in 2018, Amy. Come on. I mean, for that's real. right. That's true. That's true. Because it'll be a higher one. I mean, uh, you got me there. I just realized that I said that. Right after. Into that I know I did. I did. So, um, but I think, I, I think everyone is going to remember that, that part that we discussed politics a lot. Yeah. Um, in, in 2017. And we had some Southern Baptists who were very involved uh, very involved in it uh, with this uh, with this presidential administration uh, in the U.S. And then we had some that were not uh, and had varying opinions about the level of involvement. So it was kind of an ongoing discussion uh, that we had. But that's that's one thing that's really uh, beautiful about our structure that our uh, our our churches are autonomous and our um, we have sort of a diversity of views within our confessional statement. And so it's people a have tent, a lot Amy. of different it's yeah, a big tent. people have a lot of positions that they take and then we come together and sort of galvanize around mission. Uh, but definitely a lot of names that we sort of saw in that discussion this year and I think people will will remember that. It's hard to argue with that, Amy. I, I'm right there with you. That's gonna bring us to our final feature in our year end recap. And that is our resource of the year. We've kind of been alluding to it the entire episode. It should come as no surprise that our resource of the year is the She Reads Truth Bible. Yes, that is uh, definitely my resource of the year because I have one and uh, it's the, my favorite Bible that I've ever had. It's just beautiful and incredible reading experience. Uh, and I just love it. It's right on my bedside table. It's in a really beautiful um, sort of case uh, that that it can sit in, so it stands up. Uh, and Do you I have just, the poppy linen it. one? No, I have the gray linen. Oh, the gray linen. Oh, yeah. So minimalist. I should have known. Yeah, that's just more that the gray linen was my style, but um, but I love it. So it just stands up right there on my uh, bedside table, and I think it's. Incredible. So I'm ho I'm hoping that we got a lot of sales for Christmas this year, and some people are receiving that as a gift. Yeah, that would I've be seen some numbers. Gift. It did well. So I, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine it, it did. It, it's probably the Lifeway resource of the year too, but with good reason. I mean, it is like you said, everything about it is just beautiful, and it is a fantastic resource. Uh, we cannot recommend it highly enough. And uh, that there, it, it was a no-brainer when we started thinking about resource of the year. We both kind of, uh, I had given you one other one, and you, you refused that one because you said no. The She Reads Truth Bible is the resource of the year. So absolutely. So we uh, we scrapped the other resource potential resource, and uh, and we went with She Reads Truth. So uh, that is our year-end recap, 2017. Another fun year in the Southern Baptist Convention, one with twists and turns that we didn't see coming. And I'm sure that 2018 will be just the same. 
Uh, I would imagine it it will. And uh, I, I've learned that anytime we say, oh, it probably, things will probably be slow. They won't, it'll just kind of click along. It won't be that big of a deal. Uh, I am always uh, proven wrong. So let's just go ahead and assume uh, we will have some big discussions, some important discussions, uh, because that's just what happens when you are doing uh, really major things. Yep. So a couple of quick programming notes. Next week, we'll be back with our questions for 2018 as we look ahead to uh, to what could happen and, and what may happen in 2018 in the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and like you said, Amy, sometimes when we think things are slow, that's when things go nuts. And uh, if in the event something crazy does happen over the next week or so and requires a special pod, I will be taking my equipment with me uh, as well as my computer with a USB port, Amy. Yes, uh, because I don't have one. I need an adapter. And the other night you didn't have one, so we had to... Right. Apple has uh, changed their the size of their ports again. And so then that requires you to have to purchase an adapter. Of course, because, you know, not only do they just slow down your phones uh, with updates uh, intentionally as they have, uh, you know, has come out this week. uh, They also they just start making up new things that you have to buy adapters for because that's what they do. So. All right. Well, Amy, we only get to say this once a year, but see you next year. See you next year. See you next year.